women and holy orders by the right reverend arthur c a hall this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. it is desirable clearly to define the purpose and limitations of this article there is no intention to disparage or undervalue the work of women in the church nor to deal here with the distinct question of their participation in councils of the church whether parochial diocesan or other the question to be considered is whether they are admissible to holy orders one authority might be thought to settle the question st paul's words are certainly applicable we have no such custom neither the churches of god first corinthians eleven sixteen the committee appointed by the archbishop of canterbury to consider the ministry of women in their report contained in a book bearing this title say we find no evidence for the admission of women to the priesthood save among heretical or obscure sects there have been no christian priestesses montanus apparently allowed a woman to celebrate the eucharist but tertullian's testimony to the practice of the church a d two hundred is clear it is not allowed to a woman to speak in church nor yet to baptize or offer nor to claim a share in any work of men to say nothing of the sacerdotal office again the committee make this summarizing statement the twelve apostles were men and the seventy who were sent forth to preach the kingdom were men the sacrament of the lord's supper was instituted in the presence of the apostles only the apostolic commission recorded in john twenty nineteen through twenty three was delivered to men the evangelistic charge narrated in matthew twenty eight sixteen through twenty would appear to have been delivered to the eleven disciples these facts taken together are proof that there were functions and responsibilities which at first our lord assigned to men and did not assign to women as regards spiritual privilege there was entire equality between the sexes as regards religious vocation and public duties there was no such identity all branches of the church have hitherto interpreted this testimony of the gospels to mean that the government of the church and the responsibility for the ministry of the word and the sacraments were entrusted to men in the face of these admissions it may well be asked whether a national church whatever exactly that may be has the right on its own authority or acting by itself to make such an innovation on the general practice of the catholic church as admitting women to holy orders would be whether it has the right or not it is certain that such action on the part of the anglican communion would make an insuperable bar to reunion with other historic branches of the catholic church which the committee of the lambeth conference urges we should do nothing to retard that this would be the effect of such action is made abundantly clear in letters from representatives of the greek and russian churches in england printed in the church times for december thirty first nineteen twenty the archmandrite of the greek church wrote my answer to the questions cannot but ground itself on the canons of the church which explicitly forbid women to take any active part in ministrations in orthodox churches during the liturgy or any other religious service performed in the presence of a mixed congregation of the faithful the roman catholic church adheres to the teaching of st thomas aquinas who after weighing contrary arguments 
including that based on the gift of prophecy to women concludes that the male sex is required for the sacrament of orders and that though all the ceremonies of ordination were performed in the case of a woman she would not be ordained are we to follow the lead of the more radical of protestant bodies like the universalists in this country concerning whom the writer was told some years ago by one who had studied at tufts college and had been a universalist minister before seeking holy orders in the church one that practically all universalists in new england were now unitarian in belief and two that there were more women than men in the divinity school at tufts that such an innovation would be contrary to the mind of the new testament and of the early church is beyond dispute that it would be productive of further divisions and confusion is equally certain two but it is pleaded that we must not allow ourselves to be hampered by the dead hand of tradition it is to be shown then that authority is not arbitrary but based on reason so st paul bases his regulations and restrictions concerning women's behavior in church on a the subordination of the female sex to the male which is in no wise inconsistent with personal equality b on the different functions of men and women c on natural instinct as to what is proper and becoming these sexes are differently constituted physiologically and psychologically and by these differences they are fitted for different kinds of work in church as in the state and in the family as a sex women are not fitted for positions of rule and government their emotional affectionate and sympathetic temperament however valuable in other ways is a certain disqualification for the exercise of authority a judicial balanced impartial controlled temper and attitude is required and ought to be found in those who hold the pastoral office and these are not distinguishing characteristics of the female sex the office of priest and pastor is distinctly that of a ruler it is not chiefly concerned with speaking and preaching nor with the mere administration of sacraments the minister of the word and sacraments has a judicial office to enforce requirements and conditions for the church's privileges the faithful and wise steward whom his lord makes ruler over his household is a figure of the church's pastor moreover we may certainly ask if the priesthood may be conferred on women why not the episcopate if pastorship why not chief pastorship the chief rule in spiritual things over all men and women it is oftentimes by working out arrangements to their fair possibilities that their inherent unworkableness and contradiction of principle is shown we are referred to the institution of deaconesses as a warrant for admitting women to holy orders but the point is that deaconesses are not in holy orders they are to be regarded historically and among ourselves as officers or servants of the church commissioned for special work as persons of old and minor orders superior to but like lay readers appointed and licensed rather than in the stricter sense ordained the position and functions of deaconesses in the primitive church were uncertain and they gradually disappeared as special needs for their assistance diminished at the baptism of women or in visiting those secluded from contact with men professor cuthbert turner than whom there is no higher authority on early church history has thus summed up the evidence concerning deaconesses in early times one 
no woman ever undertook a public function in the face of the church i e a mixed congregation two no order of women ministers was ever universal and an order of limited currency cannot be regarded and has never in fact been regarded as on a level with the orders universal in the church in other words deaconesses were not in holy orders bishop john wordsworth in his ministry of grace says the practical development of deaconesses was confined to the east and more particularly to such centres as antioch and constantinople though it appears elsewhere there is scarcely any mention of the office in the west in the first four centuries and when it is afterwards noticed it is usually with disfavour the first mention of it at rome seems to belong to the eighth century with these limitations we can entirely accept what is said in the report of the archbishop's committee notwithstanding local variations of practice and long disuse it is beyond all question that the diaconate of women had a very real existence there has been no decision of the church as a whole against it no council of importance has condemned it and it is impossible to maintain that the disuse has been of so complete or decisive a nature as to render the revival of the order incompetent to any part of the church this was the line really taken by the lambeth conference even if accompanied by some unfortunate suggestions concerning the ministrations of deaconesses these recommendations it should be noted were adopted by a small majority of the bishops present at the time a hundred and seventeen votes to eighty-one this majority being a minority of the members of the conference two hundred and fifty-two the conference distinctly refused to endorse the proposals of its committee on the subject in direct divergence from the report of the committee which said that the ordination of a deaconess confers upon her holy orders and that she received the character of a deaconess in the resolutions of the conference the term holy orders was avoided in connection with deaconesses not only was it not used but it was discarded authority to minister the chalice at a sick communion was refused to them and any further advance beyond the diaconate was explicitly denied to women resolution forty eight declared the office of a deacon is for women the only order in the ministry which has the stamp of apostolic approval and is for women the only order of the ministry which we can recommend that our branch of the catholic church should recognize and use in any appeal to the authority of lambeth while we may regret some things that were done or said about deaconesses what was not done or said though asked for and recommended by the committee must be taken into account the american church as i have said elsewhere is not likely to change its stand in the matter either in accounting deaconesses as in holy orders or by withdrawing its rule that the deaconess must be unmarried or widowed and that the office or appointment shall be vacated by marriage three leaving considerations of authority and reason we pass to questions of expediency a women it is pleaded demand such a change in old established discipline if you do some gifted some restless and wilful possessed with the idea that the equality of persons of both sexes involves the identity of their functions but by the great majority of church women the idea is regarded with abhorrence 
they have their own position their own gifts and influence and opportunities and they have no desire perhaps at the loss of some of these to intrude on masculine prerogatives by no class of worshippers would such a change in our rules be more bitterly resented than by devout church women take a particular class of women that should not be ignored in such matters those specially dedicated to the service of our lord and his church in religious communities they are constant in worship they value highly the sacramental life they are diligent in spiritual as well as in corporal works of mercy do they desire to lead the general congregation in worship to minister to the pulpit or at the altar to be burdened with the charge of priesthood b and what would be the effect on men would they be one or further alienated from religion and religious observances as these took on more and more of a feminine color and tone is not one common and not altogether groundless complaint now that we need a more virile presentation of christianity in the pulpit and elsewhere will our efforts to recruit young men for the ministry be helped or hindered by the invitation being extended to their sisters and female friends we lament now that we do not get the strongest men is this condition likely to be remedied by the association and competition of women with men in the ministry c practical inconveniences have to be faced already in mixed juries difficulties have arisen in the presentation of evidence of a repulsive or indelicate nature would women priests hear the confession of men or as bishops deal with cases of discipline in which sensual sins are involved it is impossible to avoid the question of marriage must clergy women all be of a certain age shall they be unmarried unless distinctly set apart and known to be unmarriageable grave inconveniences will arise this is the crux of deaconesses some authorities expect a deaconess to remain unmarried but earnestly protest against any vow or rule of celibacy which would serve as a protection they throw the young deaconess into close association with young clergymen and young doctors and then are disappointed and grieved if she abandons her intention is this fair to any of those concerned if clergywomen are married how are the rights of a husband and family to be harmonized with the demands of the ministry how are the primary duties of motherhood to be fulfilled by these ordained women are they as been recommended in the case of deaconesses to be dispensed for a time and how often from the exercise of their office that they may bear and rear children returning when these duties are fulfilled to the pastoral care surely this will not be a fresh reason and on the part of religious leaders for the restriction of families these mere suggestions are sufficient to cover the whole proposal with ridicule two arguments in favor of the innovation must be noticed one the great differences in the status of women in the apostolic age and now two that the same arguments which are used above were urged a while and not so very long ago against the admission of women to other professions particularly those of medicine and surgery of law of politics now prejudice in these directions is largely overcome in reply it may be asked a whether the general success of women as distinct from a few exceptional instances in these lines has been so marked as to encourage further ventures along other lines b 
do women doctors or surgeons practise to any extent among men to have a distinct clergy for each sex would make a schism in the body of christ deeper than that of jew and gentile c whatever may be said about women's capacity for employment in these secular professions the objection to their ordination to the sacred ministry is based not on social conventions but on deeply rooted distinctions implanted by nature between the sexes there is an instinctive shrinking amounting to abhorrence from such proposals as catholic christians we repeat firmly we have and will have no such custom end of women and holy orders by the right reverend arthur c a hall